everyone, and welcome to episode 6 of the Ubuntu Security Podcast with me, your host, Alex Murray. So this week, we're looking at 17 unique CVEs that we've addressed across the supported releases of Ubuntu. We're also going to have a bit of a talk about some things in the community, including uh, the LSM stacking work that's been going on, and a bit of a talk about uh, some events hardening that uh, we've been doing in response to some work done by Google Project Zero. Okay, so let's get into it. So... The first thing I want to have a look at is some vulnerabilities in StrongSwan. So StrongSwan is the IPsec-based VPN solution for Linux. And in this case, uh, there's a couple of vulnerabilities in the RSA implementation. And this is based on uh, actually some work that was done back in 2006, dubbed a Bleakenbacker attack. And uh, what you're looking at here is um, where protocols have implemented RSA and they've then either allowed extra padding or other... um, I guess, kind of um, a lack of specificity in their implementation that uh, allows basically the RSA exponent to be weakened such that then you can you can basically forge a signature. And in this case, uh, this is on uh, handling of ASN1 encoded parameters for the digest info. And so if, um, and in this case, the, the problem was that StrongSwan wasn't strict enough uh, when handling particular parameters and checking that they were the expected lengths. And so that would then mean that the attacker could essentially stuff random bytes into there that could then serve their purpose of weakening the exponent in a couple of different places. So there were two CVEs fixed for that and they just um, enforce the, the certain sizes of parameters and they also enforce then the amount of padding that gets used as well. So uh, that's been fixed as well as uh, a couple other uh, more minor CVEs around a denial of service attacks. So in this case, it was due to a missing length check uh, on one parameter and also due to a missing initialization of a variable that was used, uh, both of which could result in a denial of service. So they've all been fixed for StrongSwan. Uh, we've also had a fix for UDISCs, so that's the um, disk management daemon for uh, for Linux, and in this case, uh, an old school attack, but a format string vulnerability. And so, in this case, uh, UDISCs, whenever uh, it would detect a new volume, it would print the label of the volume to the to the system journal, and. The problem was that when it would pass that volume label in, it would pass it straight in to essentially a printf. And the volume label could then contain format string directives, which would then try to get interpreted. So if you're not familiar with printf, it's a standard um, library function. And you can specify uh, within that uh, sort of text, so like a string, like hello world. But you might also specify then... uh, say my name is and then you would have a placeholder for something that you then pass in as a parameter and so that would then be say my name is and then a percent s which would mean a string and so then the next parameter that gets passed into printf so the next uh, essentially the next item on the stack would get interpreted as a pointer to a string so the problem here is that the udisk volume name could contain then format string directives so like a percent n would get interpreted as Uh, an integer that would get popped off the stack and try to be printed or it may even contain other uh, directives such as ones that could cause a write Um, so there are other format uh, printf format uh, printf format control directives that allow you to say not just um, pop the next thing off the stack and say interpret it and print it but you could even say write into this address of the thing on the stack the number of bytes already written. So that then means you can actually use printf to do uh, memory modification, not just say um, memory disclosure. And so the fix for these is very simple. Instead of saying print this thing, you say 
print a string and I will pass the thing in as the string to be printed. And so that way you don't interpret, say, all the directives uh, as objects on the stack to print. You instead just print them as, say, %n or %s or whatever they are. So a simple fix, but for, uh, yeah, a bit of an, an old school vuln there. And um, I guess the, the one good thing about this is that you generally need, say, local... Um, local access to the machine because you'd say need to insert a USB stick with a, um, a malicious volume name in it. So yeah, um, but yeah, uh, an interesting one to look at. Uh, the other thing we've got is a bunch of fixes for MUT, the uh, command line based email client. And so this is actually relates to an update that we did earlier in the year um, to address a bunch of CVEs. And this unfortunately is a, a notification of a regression in that update. So We'd added in uh, a bunch of patches to the package to uh, fix those vulnerabilities. And due to the way that the MUT packaging is done for uh, Debian and Ubuntu, uh, those patches actually weren't applied. So uh, we have, um, we've now released an update that ensures those patches are applied. And so those 12 CVEs are now uh, fixed. And that's, that's uh, for Xenial specifically. Okay, so uh, yeah, a bit of a quiet week in updates, but that's, uh, that's what's been going on there. So taking a look at some of the stuff going on in the wider community, something I've been wanting to talk about for a few weeks now is the uh, upstreaming work that uh, Ubuntu have been supporting for the Linux security module stacking support. So the Linux kernel contains uh, support for defining essentially a security framework via the Linux security modules interface. And this was developed originally for SE Linux, but has over time been extended to accommodate AppArmor and Smack and Tomoyo and other uh, security modules. And so each of these essentially is used to implement security policy for your system and in different ways. So SE Linux, that's done via labeling on objects and defining rules then about how different objects can interact depending on how they're labeled. For AppArmor, that's generally based on sort of path name based um, rules. So you would specify that a particular executable can access a file at a particular path or that kind of thing. Uh, for Smack, that's also done with labeling similar to SE Linux, but different. And um, yeah, we've even got things like Yammer, yet another security module implemented there as well that does uh, things like link restriction and that kind of thing. Uh, but basically, uh, S the LSM framework has only supported one major module, um, which is something like SE Linux, AppArmor, or Tomoyo at a time. And that's generally because on your host system, you don't really want to mix security policies. So if you're using SE Linux, you generally want that to dictate um, all file access. Or if you're using AppArmor, you want to use that. And if you start to mix the two, uh, then strange things can happen. Uh, but now in the world of containers and that sort of thing, uh, there's, off, there's a strong use case now where you might want to be able to support uh, two different sorts of security modules at once. So you might have, say, AppArmor restricting your host system, and then you might want SE Linux within a container that's running on that system. And so there's a strong need now to support the stacking of multiple Linux security modules. And so Casey Schofler from uh, Intel, he's been working on this uh, primarily, and we've been supporting that. And we actually, we've been carrying those patches in Ubuntu for a while now. Uh, so you can actually run, uh, say, AppArmor on Ubuntu and uh, potentially an SE Linux container at the same time. Now... Uh, this work, as I say, has been going on for a while and the upstreaming of that is currently in progress. So we're expecting that should be merged uh, within a Linux kernel release in the near future. And so, yeah, that'll be something that uh, everyone will have uh, access to. So the initial version of the stacking is to support something like, say, AppArmor and Tomoyo, which uh, are generally a little more distinct as to how they share 
um, security context within the kernel, but uh, that will be extended in future to support uh, SE Linux and AppArmor directly at the same time, which uh, yeah will be quite a uh, quite a win for uh, for many different deployments. The other thing I wanted to have a mention of is the uh, events policy for AppArmor. So we had touched on this uh, in a few episodes ago. Uh, Jan Horn from Google Project Zero uh, had reported a, a bug upstream that the uh, events profile for AppArmor was, in, uh, was able to be bypassed. Now, uh, the events profile is generally designed to add uh, additional hardening and it's not designed to be, say, a complete sandbox for the events uh, process. Uh, and so Jan was able to demonstrate uh, quite a clever bypass of uh, the thumbnailing that uh, is used there. So essentially the, the GNOME desktop allows to specify uh, essentially arbitrary thumbnailers that can be executed for various image types. And so that's essentially done with an entry in a file. You specify the, uh, the, the type of file to uh, thumbnail and the process to execute the thumbnailer and it will go ahead and do that. And so uh, we had added uh, some extra AppArmor policy that would try and harden that in particular for the case when events was used to do the thumbnailing. Uh, but Jan was able to bypass that. And he did that through quite a clever uh, use of uh, systemd actually. So in the user session, systemd is running and it provides a bunch of methods over dbus that can be used. And in this case, uh, the AppArmor policy did not prevent uh, the access to systemd via dbus so essentially yarn was able to say drop a new thumbnailer um, library in the, the home directory then call out to systemd to essentially list uh, that new method and then get it to execute automatically and so there would need to be no user interaction at all other than obviously uh, running whatever proof of concept was needed in the first place to uh, get this to be run so yeah quite a clever uh, exploit and as a lot of these things go chaining together a number of different uh, issues into a single exploit so uh, there were a number of ways we could have fixed this. In particular, um, the easiest ones are just to kind of tighten up the AppArmor policy so that you can't, say, specify a new thumbnailer automatically and that you can't um, yeah, access certain files. But also we could, say, prevent dbus access as well. And so this has now been fixed in the development release, Cosmic, and is in the process of being backported to our other releases as well. So, yeah, thanks to Yarn to reporting this one, and uh, that's been uh, tightened up. So also going on in the community, as you've probably noticed at the end of most of these episodes, I mentioned that we're hiring and uh, we've recently hired a new Ubuntu security manager. So I want to welcome Joe McManus as the new Ubuntu security manager uh, who will be in charge of uh, all things Ubuntu security going forward. So uh, thanks for joining us, Joe. And uh, But that means we are still hiring for another Ubuntu security engineer. So if you want to join uh myself and the rest of the team and Joe uh, to help contributing to the security of Ubuntu, uh, please check out the link in the show notes and apply. We'd love to have you on board. So uh, that brings us to the end of this week's episode. As usual, if you want to get in contact, you can reach us at security at ubuntu.com or you can find us in the Ubuntu Hardened channel on the Freenode IRC network or you can find us on Twitter at Ubuntu underscore sec. So yeah, that brings us to this week's episode. Uh, there won't be an episode next week because I'm uh, away for a week, but I'll uh, do an episode the week after and recap everything that happened in uh, the previous two weeks. So until then, remember, keep calm and enable automated upgrades, and I'll speak to you in a couple of weeks. Bye.